You are tuning to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always catch me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. The Royals just promoted one of their most powerful arms in the system, and he'll be in uniform tonight. One other pitcher's time has come to a close, and can a deal get done with Bobby Witt Jr. this offseason? That's all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to thank the listeners out there for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every day. And you can always check us out on those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you don't want to go through all that hassle, you can always catch me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And every single day, I post out the links to those episodes, so it'll take you right to it. But if this is your first time listening, allow me to introduce myself again as Jack Johnson. I've been a lifelong Royals fan. I can't remember a time in which I wasn't watching Royals baseball. My entire profession revolves around covering Kansas City sports. I work at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm out at Kauffman Stadium frequently. I have access down to the clubhouse, the locker rooms, and, and being able to interview certain players not certain players, really any players you would want to, but been doing that now for a couple of years. But going back to fandom, like I said, it's been a long, long time since I can not remember a game that I haven't been to, a year that I haven't been involved in it, because pretty much from the time I could walk, I've been going out to Kauffman Stadium and watching the Kansas City Royals. As I know for a lot of you listening out there, you share that same sentiment, that you just have that diehard fandom, and it's why if you're choosing to listen to my podcast for a team that's 39 and 81 or 39 and 82, excuse me, uh, you have that same passion, that same diehard passion. And it's why days like today, when we're bringing up a rookie prospect and one that wasn't really on many people's radars, that I'm going to get excited about it. Why I'm going to try and convince you to be excited about it. And it's John McMillan. Now, I've discussed this on the show before with the bullpen and how the Royals can construct a bullpen, how they can build one for 2024. It ain't going to be with anybody in the bullpen they have right now. And yes, this includes Carlos Hernandez. Carlos Hernandez can be that guy you move in the offseason because I'm a person that believes you trade relievers at their highest value because relievers have short shelf lives in Major League Baseball. They do not last very long. You maybe get one or two really good years out of them, and then you're hoping somebody is right behind him. And the reason the Royals should try and move Carlos Hernandez is because they've got a Carlos Hernandez coming up to Kansas City and John McMillan, and arguably had much better numbers than Carlos Hernandez ever had at the minor league level. Now, John McMillan is a fascinating story. I actually interviewed him once, and he's a great guy, was a great interview, had very intriguing thoughts, very interesting answers. But what I loved about it is that he was a guy that was just easy to root for. When he played college ball at Texas Tech, he was a two-way player. Now, there's a video I tweeted out, and again, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. It's not far down on my feed. Now, he hit the scoreboard in Lubbock. One of his home runs hit the damn scoreboard. 
But there he is on the mound pumping 98, 99, and 100. I mean, this year he's pumping 102. He began the year in Loe, Columbia. So he's already in Kansas City. He started the year Loe, Columbia. Now he's 25 years old. So you don't need to treat him like he's some top 100 guy. But when you've got this stuff, it's the exact type of guy you build a bullpen with. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the strikeout numbers throughout his three to four years in the minor league level, and that includes a, a very obscure and odd year, the COVID year, where minor leaguers didn't get a season, uh, considering where he started, an undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech to get to this point, that alone is wildly impressive. It's something that I root for. So let me read you off some of the numbers and why I'm so pumped about a move like this and why I've been pounding the table for a move like this for the better part of a month. So John McMillan has spent three years at the minor league level. In college, I would say good enough numbers, but they're not anything like he's showing in the minor league level, or at least did show at the minor league level. So in college, you know, he was a guy that bounced around from the bullpen to the starting rotation at a 3-4-1 ERA. He struck out just under 12 guys per nine, also walked nearly seven. His whip was about 1.5. So I would say for a college two-way player, that's not bad. But when he got to Kansas City, or at least in the Kansas City system, what he did was completely focus on pitching, and it bettered him. Now, the ERA is not something I look at here. I look at strikeout numbers and purely strikeout numbers. So his ERA is about 4.26. That doesn't really shine or pop to many people. But in less than 100 innings, 99 in the third innings, he had 10 saves. He had 168 strikeouts in less than 100 innings. That's over 15 Ks per nine. Walk rate's about the same, walking around or just under seven guys per nine, but he's not giving up many hits. And this year he has been ridiculous. So like I said, he began the year in Loe, Columbia. He was much older than everybody and actually had pretty underwhelming numbers, or you could just say whelming numbers at that in Loe, Columbia, only through 10 and two-thirds innings. And he did have 21 strikeouts, but the numbers for me didn't really, really pop until he got to double-A Northwest Arkansas. And when I mean pop, it's because it's the talent he was going up against. Double-A always has immense talent, and he's up there making everybody look foolish. Sub-1 ERA in 20 and two-thirds innings, 30 Ks, 11 walks. So that's the best that he has really looked all season long to me. Now, you could bring up, the Quad City numbers, when he was in high A, his whip was 0.800. He struck out 18 guys per nine. 18 guys. So in 20 innings, he struck out 40 guys. He has a powerful fastball, a powerful slider. I mean, you are talking a 70-grade fastball and a 70-grade slider. Now, he's 25 years old. I still think that's relatively young for a bullpen guy. He's got club control, and he's a great story. He's an undrafted free agent. He's not some... First rounder that failed and now it's well, we really like his stuff. That's why to me, it was always uh, very much of an underachievement that Josh Stamont being a third rounder, the best we got from him was the COVID year. Like, and if that is the ceiling for John McMillan, okay, but he's an undrafted free agent. But this is the type of talent. These are the type of guys that you build your bullpen with. You work with pure stuff. If you have pure stuff, you can work with it. It's why Dylan Coleman was one of my favorite guys out of the pen last year, and he's been one of the most frustrating guys to watch this year. Because last year, as many guys as he walked, 
uh, games he may have blown, he's throwing 100, 101, and 102. And this year, he's sitting about 94 to 97. That doesn't fly. That's not hard enough if you're going to walk that many guys. If John McMillan comes in tonight and he's hurling 100, 101, 102, he walks two guys but strikes out the side, I can live with it because in the offseason, you can tinker with that a little bit. Get him to work with Brian Sweeney, Zach Bove, Mitch Stetter. That's important. And this is why it's a perfect part of the year to give some of these guys chances. Okay, I was at the game on Monday night, and I saw Carlos Hernandez, Austin Cox, and Nick Whitgren blow that game. And the, the casualty for the roster was Nick Whitgren. He was sent down. Brad Keller, who we're about to talk about, he was transferred to the 60-day IL, which opened up a spot for John McMillan. But Will Klein, he has been struggling in Omaha, but at this point, i just like to see him in Kansas City. Steven Cruz, who they acquired in the Minnesota Twins deal, He's been pumping 100 this year, 101, 102. Those three fireballers, there's no excuse for them not to be in Kansas City right now. There's too many, you know, odd men out, guys that have no future in this team that are still getting innings. I'm glad the Royals made this move. It's a sign for the future. And let's see what he's got. I, I love it when guys get a chance like this. And you don't need to say, well, John McMillan needs time in AAA. No, he doesn't. The talent is better in AA than it is in AAA. So I'm glad the Royals made that move. They liked what they've seen and said, it's time. That fastball, that slider, that works at the big league level. It's dominating double-A hitters. Let's see if you can do it in the major leagues. Will Klein, Steven Cruz, probably not far behind him. Anthony Veneziano, probably not far behind them. You need to see what some of those guys have. And I'm glad they didn't make Austin Cox or Alec Marsh or Angel Serpa the odd men out. You send down guys that aren't going to be here. And I said this about Nick Whitgren. He could be a fit for 2024 as a swingman, but he had to be the best pitcher in the bullpen, and that went out the door on Monday night. And clearly the Royals think so a little bit as well. That bullpen is taxed. Let's get some new reinforcements, some fresher arms, some newer faces in that Kansas City bullpen. Okay, so one of the guys that probably threw his last pitch in Kansas City was one we just mentioned, and Brad Keller. It was a disastrous 2023, and his time has officially come to an end for the Royals. We're going to talk about that next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And find all of our episodes on those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. And you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that subscribe button. Before we talk a little bit about Brad Keller, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors, one of our newer sponsors in Bunches. So, Locked On Royals fans, I had to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built for just sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes that I always have posted below in that description part to join the app or go to the Apple store and download bunches right after this podcast. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other locked on sports fans. So download the bunches app today. And when you do our friends at bunches have featured in the locked on MLB bunch in the discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join locked on MLB bunch community today. So that to me is the easiest way to reach out to us, to have some fun and, and continue to talk some ball. So be sure to go and download the Bunches app. You can go to the App Store or you can just find it in my show notes that I always post both on the podcasting pages and YouTube at the end of this day. 
All right. Brad Keller is a guy that I think had the most interesting path as a Royals player over the last five years. And I think it went from, wow, this is a guy that we can always point to, to why you should believe in our pitching development, to this is exactly why you shouldn't trust our pitching development. And I think at the end of the day, it shows you how hard it is in Major League Baseball to be consistent, especially for a pitcher. You know, if you're a pitcher, a young pitcher, early on your rookie years, your first and second years in the league, you're you're feeding a lot off the confidence because guys don't know what you throw. They don't know what you look like. They don't know what you do out of the stretch. They don't know what you do out of the windup, what pitches you favor in certain counts. Oh, does he go fastball 2-1? Does he stick with off speed on 1-2? Does he like to work inside? Is he scared to work inside? It's all about confidence. A confident young player is usually going to have success. And I think Brad Keller was a very confident player. He was a very confident player early on in his career. It was a bad Royals team, but he's never been on a good Royals team. But I think we went from he was the best player on a bad team to he's the anchor of this rotation. Oh, I was one of those people. You know, he had the starters build. In 2018, he goes out of the bullpen, then starts, and it's, man, this guy never missed a beat. He can be a starter. He can be a closer. You know, Greg Hollandish out of the bullpen, it felt like. Now he didn't have the same stuff, but you kind of get what I mean. He wasn't scared in moments like that. And then you have the COVID year. He was even better. A shortened season, he was your best pitcher. And this is for me when it went downhill. I, w- I was at this game. I remember it vividly because for the first time, Brad Keller was seen as a failure, I guess you could say, in the eyes of Royals fans. Because after 2018, this was the incredible thing. He was the opening day starter in 2019. He was a Rule 5 pick. He was in A Jackson. I think it was Jacksonville or Jackson. Whoever the A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks was at the time. They always bounce around from, from place to place, from mascot to mascot. But he was a Rule 5 pick. Has a great 2018, and then in 2019, he's the opening day starter. It's a cold, dreary day at Kauffman Stadium, and he shuts out Chicago over seven innings. And that, to me, was, he's your guy. He's your 200-inning guy. He's your workhorse. And then it went downhill two years later. So you have 18, 19, and 20, all pretty good years for Brad Keller. He had his struggles in 2019, but you kind of could chalk it up as, It's a young guy still trying to find his way. So in 2021, he's the opening day starter. And this is the point where I believe it went downhill. He's the opening day starter. It was the year after COVID. It was going to be a full season. But remember, it was half capacity. So Kaufman's not packed or anything. And here come the lowly Texas Rangers who are now far from lowly. And Brad Keller gives up five runs before he can even get an out. Or three runs it might have been. I know in the inning he gave up five. It was three or four runs before he could even get a dang out. Crowds booing. I know it was half capacity, but the crowd's booing. And that felt like mentally to me, that was the beginning of the end. Because opening day starters aren't supposed to do that. Opening day starters can't do what Luke Hochaver did against Cleveland back in 2012, I think that was, the home opener. Can't do that. Okay. You can't have starts like Sidney Ponson did in a home opener against the New York Yankees because Royals fans will pile you into that category. They will lump you together. 
Can't have starts like that. You long for the days where Jordano Ventura was just dominating Chicago hitters in 2015. You know, James Shields getting the ball in 13 and 14 and saying, you know, step back, kids. I'm going to be the one that just grinds us through six or seven. I am the alpha of this rotation. And Brad Keller was never really an alpha for that rotation. And from that point on, it was all about trying to correct things, trying to fix things. And maybe in the end, it hurt him that he was stuck with Cal Eldred for too long. But even this year, I think that's why at the very end, we've gone from he was the biggest success story for the pitching development, a rule five pick. Now he's an opening day starter. He was the success story. He was Cal Eldred's main reason why he continued to have a job for four plus years. What I did always appreciate about Brad Keller is that he never blamed anybody else. And he was always willing to work on things. He was one of the pitchers, like Chris Bubich, that when Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove started to work with him, he was willing to try out new pitches. The problem is Chris Bubich picked it up a lot quicker, had better stuff, and Brad Keller never could fall in line. And his last start's going to be the one that he had in San Diego where he walked eight. That's our lasting image. And the reason we now look at him in a bad light is because it is one of the stains of the pitching development because it's, wow, Brad Keller was supposed to be one of the guys you fixed. And he got as worse as he's ever been. He had reached that point. So that's why it's such an interesting path. Because Brad Keller was a part of this future for a long time. He was supposed to be that number one. And then it was, he's maybe a number three. Then it's, man, if he's just a number four, or number five, I'll take it to, you can't even have him on the roster. And he's transferred the 60-day IL. I hope by every single measure, it's an easily correctable thing. I just don't think it's going to be corrected in Kansas City, nor should the Royals try and fix it. You know, he's reaching that age where he just doesn't fit into the future plans anymore. If he's going to take innings from somebody, it's got to be on some other team. It can't be where the Royals are right now. And that's that's why I tweeted out today that it is the last pitch. We have seen the last pitch thrown by Brad Keller in a Royals uniform. Because if the Royals' plan in 2024 is to be even more competitive, you can't bring Brad Keller back. You got to pick two guys to anchor that rotation. And that's Cole Riggins and Brady Singer to me, unless you move Brady Singer. But Cole Riggins is one of those guys. Then it's a tryout for a couple other spots, and I think you've got to land about two free agents. Brad Keller cannot be one of those guys trying out for a spot. Chris Bubich can. Daniel Lynch can. Maybe you trade for somebody, and, and that guy can take the fourth or fifth spot. Maybe it is an Anthony Veneziano. Maybe it's a Max Castillo. Who knows? Maybe it's an Alec Marsh, an Austin Cox. You can wait for that plan in spring training. But what I know going into the fall is this can't be a guy that you're relying on anymore. I mean, the Royals for five years relied on Brad Keller to be a rotational piece. And he's shown he's not a very good rotational piece anymore. And I think it much more shows how hard it is to win games in Major League Baseball, to be consistent, even for a month. It's hard to be consistent. And Brad Keller was consistent for his first three years. But eventually, the stigma of being a Rule 5 pick can catch up to you. And as great as that story was, 
He was never a top prospect. He never had lights out stuff. He was a sinker ball pitcher. He pitched to contact. And when he couldn't throw strikes anymore and he couldn't miss barrels, it got ugly in a hurry. That's kind of the career path for sinker ball pitchers, especially if they're really good early on and kind of tail off. The minute you stop finding the zone, the less people swing. And then if you're just walking people left and right, then you feel the pressure of putting it right in the middle. And what happens? That ball gets crushed. That's the unfortunate part about being a guy that pitches to contact, right? If you are a triple digit thrower, if you're a high strikeout guy, high velocity guy, you miss the zone. Well, okay. You could, you could walk some guys. But when you find the zone, it's hard to hit 100, 101, even if it's dead red. If you're throwing 92, 93, and you're missing the zone, and when you miss in the middle, it's just on a tee, it's not going to be a good end of the story for you. And that's what kind of happened to Brad Keller in 2021, in 2022, and 2023. I firmly believe this is the last we've seen of Brad Keller in a Royals uniform. However, as I say that, I hope nothing but the best for him. I hope that he finds somewhere else where he can start fresh, compete for a spot, and still have a pretty successful career. I don't hope for any of these guys to, you know, go somewhere and completely ruin their careers. These guys are still human beings and they're former Royals. Therefore, they earn my respect that they go somewhere and catch on. They have success. Good for them. I hope the same for Brad Keller. Okay, before we wrap things up here, I think everybody's wondering at this point, With this surge by Bobby Witt Jr., can an extension be done this offseason? I'll tell you what I think coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors, in eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I think when you have a surge like this from one player on your team, I think the idea of an extension always comes to mind. For years in Kansas City, we wondered about extensions for Mike Moustakis, for Eric Hosmer, for Lorenzo Cain, for Alcides Escobar. And what the Royals did was never really give any of those guys an extension. You gave Salvador Perez one, two, in fact. But you let Hosmer, Moustakis, Cain, and Escobar pretty much all walk at the end of 2017. You brought back Moustakis and Escobar but on one-year deals. Hosmer got the big money. Kane got the big money. So that era passed. Then you get into the Whit Merrifield. I'm going to throw in Brad Keller here. The Brady Singer era. You you look at some of those guys and say, is it worth an extension? Well, Whit Merrifield, I think, made a lot of sense for a while. and He got a, a marginal extension, but he was older. So it wasn't a 
full-on commitment. It was a good contract for both sides, and Whit Merrifield was still a very good Kansas City Royal. But I think we all know what I'm hinting at here. It's not the extension I'm talking about. A three-year deal for $40 million is nowhere in the ballpark what I'm talking about. Bobby Witt Jr. is becoming a player that has really been unprecedented in Kansas City Royals history. There's been few guys that have even come close to getting to George Brett's success. And in fact, nobody's really come close. Now, Alex Gordon in my lifetime had some really incredible years. He did not come close to George Brett. Bobby Witt Jr. at his age and where he's trending is trending to be a top two player in this franchise's history. And top two players don't get the deals that Whit Merrifield got, that Salvador Perez even got. No, this is an extension that pretty much ensures you're going to play there for a long, long time. And you are always going to have a lot of that money into the payroll. You know, the Royals would go from a bottom feeding team and spending to maybe middle of the pack. And that's what I think this deal is going to look like if the Royals so choose to get an extension done this offseason. Now, Bobby Wood Jr., I think is somebody you can bank on, you can bet on. Because even last year, having a sub-300 OBP, WRC Plus was below league average. You know, he was still worth a contract extension back then. And maybe it was smart on his side, from his dad's side, being his agent, that you're not going to sign that long-term deal just yet. You want to bet on yourself a little bit. This is the last year the Royals can get an extension done, in my opinion. Because he's only going to get better and better and better. There is a chance that he has MVP votes this year. Think about that. He wasn't even an all-star. That's how good his second half has been. He's top seven in F4, all of baseball. He's in that category of Ronald Acuna Jr., of Shohei Otani, of Luis Robert. He's in that conversation. That's ridiculous to think about, and which is why the Royals are entering this offseason with a massive opportunity on their hands. And here's why it's so important. The Royals fans are pounding the table for this ownership, the front office, to make a big splash. And maybe I've been looking in the wrong spots all season long. Spend a lot of money. You know, go out there and buy yourself a, a number one, the number two for the rotation. Go and buy a corner outfield bat. I still would like the Royals to invest there. But maybe the best splash they can make, the one with the most noise, the one to earn back the trust of the fan base, is locking up Bobby Witt Jr. to a 10 to 12-year deal. Because that's what it's going to take. It is going to take hundreds of millions of dollars in that contract to keep him in Kansas City. A part of it, though, and why I think Bobby Wood Jr. is going to have the leverage here is, okay, I'm your best player. I'm not only your best player, I'm one of the best players in the American League. Not only am I one of the best players in the American League, I'm a top 10 player in baseball. And the teams I have played for have been garbage. Last year, this team loses 95 games. This year, we're going to lose upwards of 105 to 115. So you got to tell me why I should stay here. Money is important. Getting a long-term deal is important. But a player of his caliber, a player of his potential, doesn't want to end up like Mike Trout, doesn't want to end up like Shohei Otani. 
where you can be making millions and millions hand over fist. But at the end of the day, you're never playing in the postseason. And that does matter to a player. So the Royals not only have to give that extension this offseason, they got to prove to him, they got to show to him that Kansas City is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You got to hit on all those draft picks. What Baltimore did, like it's it's easy to get Adley Rutschman to sign an extension there. And he's also a catcher, a different position, and not where Bobby Wood Jr. is right now. Bobby Wood Jr. could win an MVP. Adley Rutschman could. And I think I was much higher in Adley Rutschman to begin the year as to where I am right now. But that's why it's so vital. It's so important. If this isn't the plans, right? If this is a deal like Juan Soto, where you give Juan Soto a deal, and then down the road you trade him and get the prospects you didn't return, okay. But the Royals never get guys like this. They never have talented guys like this. I said Alex Gordon, Carlos Beltran kind of fell in that category. But trading Carlos Beltran didn't do much for the organization. You trade Bobby Wood Jr., you're going to get a lot in return. But I'm not sure he's somebody you want to trade away. I think he's somebody you want to build around. And it almost forces the hand of the front office and the ownership to be more aggressive. You have talent like this, and that's also another thing. If the Royals trade him, they trade him next year, they trade him the year after that, it shows they were never serious about contending. It was a complete teardown. You sign him to a long-term extension, it speeds up this process a bit. You got to spend to keep guys happy. And yes, contracts can sometimes put a lot of pressure on the player, but he's somebody I think you can put pressure on. He's a superstar. He's showing he's a superstar. And this to me is that last chance you have to lock him up to a long-term deal. Who knows if he's interested? Who knows what the money looks like? But it might be the biggest storyline for the Royals alongside that downtown stadium as we inch closer and closer to the offseason. Okay, that is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I have been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're going to have one more episode this week. That'll be early tomorrow morning. I will not have a show on Friday as I will be out of town, but I still will take your questions on a mailbag Friday. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City. You are Locked On Royals.